the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. The Pro-America Report, welcome to it. ProAmericaReport.com, go check it out there. You'll be able to sign up, subscribe there. I get these emails out. You want to sign up for the Wink, too. What you need to know every morning at uh, 8 a.m. Central Time, that's conservative time, where Phyllis Schlafly lived and we our organizations were headquartered. So 8 o'clock, I misspoke, 8 o'clock East Coast Time, 7 o'clock Central Time, and, of course, 5 o'clock Pacific Time. And six o'clock mountain time all across the country, you'll get an email and it will tell you what you need to know. A few links, a few key uh, thoughts, and you're going to want it Monday through Friday. Sign up for the wink. Go to phyllisschlafly.com. All right. Now, um, today's wink, what you need to know, this is a very important topic and uh, I'm, I get annoyed by it. But I also sense uh, desperation. So let me explain the, the desperation is coming Uh, from folks who don't know what to make of this country because more and more Americans are saying, um, Hey, we love America. Uh, We're not interested in running America down. We, we see problems. We see most of the problems are inflicted by the swamp monsters. And, uh, and we, we just, we love America. We don't want you to run America down. We don't want you to badmouth people. We don't want you to make us feel bad. We don't want you to turn America into victims versus um, the oppressors, that dynamic, we reject it more and more Americans. They're looking up and they're like, what is the what's wrong with these people? What is wrong with these people? But it's everywhere. And here's I want to highlight this for you. And it's everywhere, meaning the aggressiveness of the elite. Class, the people that have had power for 60 years, like Joe Biden and his family, the institutions that have dominated and made our kids into zombies. They, they actually not. They tried to make our kids into zombies and they made some of them really silly. But our kids are fighting their way through that. But that's higher education and education in general. They they say these things and they're desperate. They de- You watch. Oh, another one is media. Big media. <laughs> watch Rachel Maddow. It's like well, like hysteria. These people are uh, they are actually unwell. As as someone has said, you should have, when you meet someone who's got full on sort of a, a TDS, Trump derangement syndrome, as well as the sort of mindset that America is terrible and we should be grieving America. You want to say to them and you should. I'm sorry that they've done this to you. I'm sorry that they've done this to you. I'm sorry that your institutions 
the uh, uh, universities, the media, the government have done this to you. How how terribly they misled you and put you in this state. Another example over the weekend, the Catholic Church, the Pope removes a, a bishop, a, a Tyler, Texas bishop, Bishop Strickland, nice guy, smart guy, very pro-life guy, conservative, but he gets removed. And, and the way the Catholic Church did it was they used all the tricks that you watch the institutions like higher education and government use. They they leaked and they said, oh, he's been removed for things we can't tell you. It's like Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff running the, the Catholic Church removal of Bishop Strickland. Crazy. And here's what's happening. More and more people are not rejecting America. They're not rejecting their church. They're not even rejecting higher education. They're rejecting these people that have done this to us. They are rejecting and they're coming after them. So here's another example of this. What you need to know is they are everywhere and you got to name them. There is a woman named Heather Cox Richardson, who is a professor at Boston College, a very fine Jesuit school university up in Boston that has the distinction of having transformed lots and lots of working class Americans, mostly Catholic, starting in about the 1920s, 30s, 40s and 50s. And they treat Boston College helped transform a bunch of those people, mostly men, some women. My mother went to B.C. Uh, and and uh, transform them into upper middle class, middle class. They went from working class and they became American. Go Now, Boston College is just filled with craziness and not craziness. People that are mentally unwell and they are trying to teach our kids. So here comes Heather Cox Richardson, who writes a daily newsletter called letters from an american she's a historian she thinks she knows everything better than you do and she's going to lecture you about it and here's the thing she's got over a million subscribers to her newsletter on substack i don't think they're all paid i think that many of them are free but lots of people getting her daily email where she talks in this unbelievably confident but in crazy language Here's one line on one. She says a recent column a couple of days ago, and, and the title is something about uh, from oh, months now. It feels weirdly as America's living on a split, split screen. One side is a country that for three years has seen people uh, invested in the people, the American Rescue Plan, the bipartisan infrastructure law, the Chips and Science Act and the Inflation Reduction Act jump started the economy after the devastation of coronavirus. Really? Any, you go out and talk to anyone except the fat cats and the people in the powerful institutions. And they all say, everyone else in this country says, yeah, the economy's a mess, way too much spending, way too much corruption, way too much steering money to things that didn't make sense, way too much research to the, for, for scientists that lied to us, an Inflation Reduction Act that has hundreds of hundreds of millions, hundreds, not tens, hundreds of millions of dollars in a kitty. That's being dispensed by John Podesta for so-called green energy. That's just payments to their friends. The economy is rigged. And this woman, this professor, says with this great authority, oh, yeah, look at this. It's going great. How can people think any different? You must really be an idiot if you think differently. And then she goes all the way down. And this is what I want to get to. This is what you need to know today. This is my point, actually. This is what got, got me paying attention. About five or seven paragraphs down, seven it looks like, eight paragraphs down. She writes this in Washington, Republicans have empowered 
Christian extremist Mike Johnson to lead the House of Representatives as speaker. Can you believe Christian extremist Mike Johnson is a as far as I can tell, I've only met him a few times. He's a mild mannered, nice guy. He's a lawyer. Everyone says he's very smart. He's argued cases at the highest levels of our courts. And he happens to be a Christian. There's no indication of extremist. She just throws that in there. Because if you believe, this makes them crazy. Heather Cox Richardson, I think she's now married a few years ago. She's in her 60s. She has no family. She has no faith that she describes, even though she's at a Catholic university. But this is so offensive to people that there's a guy who is calls himself a Christian. This Americans get this. They recognize that these people are crazy. They are they are mentally unwell when they identify a guy that's a, otherwise a normal Christian. I guess is the contrast supposed to be that Kevin McCarthy didn't go to church? I think he's Catholic, Kevin McCarthy. I think he says he's a, a Christian. Mike Johnson actually goes to church, reads the Bible, prays. This makes him an extremist. I mean, but my point is this. This is what you need to know. The people are seeing through this. We have had enough of this insanity, this unwellness, this, I'm sorry that they did this to you. That's happened to these people. We are, but they're just rejecting it over and over again. You can write everything you want. You can, you can characterize all kinds of things happening as something that's not true and we're not buying it. You can write that Ohio is an indication a week ago that we should all embrace abortion. And yet we know you're lying because what happened in Ohio was not a rejection of pro-life positions. It was an over an onslaught of a hundred million dollars, somewhere between 60 and a hundred million dollars by pro-abortion groups that make money off abortion. And they use that money to influence a, a popular vote, which everybody that's sane, including liberals who used to be honest, would say, be careful about these popular referendum. You can really confuse voters uh, and make them vote for things they don't know. But here we are. We're supposed to say, oh, yeah, yeah. The people spoke with five times as much money as the opposition. And therefore, we're going to swallow. No, we're rejecting it. People are rejecting what used to. So what used to I just talked to a friend of mine. I talked to my friend of mine earlier and he said, you know, Ed, it's a great it's one of the greatest opportunities ever in American politics and American life. Because the ruling elite is actually scared. You can tell they're scared because they're clinging to power and they're calling people names. They're clinging to power and then they're using power, lawfare, against we the people. And they're getting desperate. It's getting obvious. We're, because we've caught on. We've caught on. Don't forget. Don't forget. What you need to know, it's not trust, but verify. It's distrust then verify. Although my wife clarified, my wife thinks I should say doubt, then verify. She thinks that doubt is a better word. She doesn't like to say distrust. I think distrust is more stark. It catches the point. So there you have it. That's what you need to know. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Don't forget, sign up, phyllisschlafly.com for the daily email and go to proamericareport.com and see what I'm writing over there. We'll take a break and be right back. Ed Martin, Pro-America Report, back in a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Again, I had a great conversation off camera, off uh, off recording with Hal Shirtleff, our next guest, who is the founder and runs Camp Constitution. If you go to campconstitution.net, you can go there and you can check out uh, uh, what is happening and when the camp uh, will be next uh, f- uh, summer. And you can 2024. I'm looking at it right now. And it's uh, uh, sorry, I'm not looking at it. I thought I had it. It's uh, July 14th to the 19th. There you go. There you go. July 14th to the 19th. Also, on campconstitution.net. I've said this to him before. One of my favorite things is the Sam Blumenfeld archive. What what an amazing writer and thinker and communicator Sam Blumenfeld was. And that's on this uh, website. So Hal Shirtliff, welcome back. I was thinking about this. It's November. And I thought, well, I haven't talked to Hal. And I said to one of my guys, get Hal and see if he'll come on. Because I don't know if it's a year that I don't know if it's in this calendar year, but it feels like it is. It's been a monumental couple a year or so for you between the Supreme Court and, and Camp Constitution, other things. It's got to be a pretty great year for you. Well, the uh, Supreme Court uh, issued their decision May of last year. So it's a year, uh, and, a half, year and a half. So a year and a half. Yes. Okay. And flies. it was in uh, it was this time last year. When uh, the the uh, city of Boston had to pay our attorneys, Liberty Council, a <laughs> well, real substantial <laughs> fee, two point one million dollars. That's pretty good. And that's not just what they paid that they had to pay their own attorneys. So I'm, right. I'm guessing well over three million dollars uh, because they wouldn't allow us to uh, have a permit to fly the Christian flag. Uh, but what I think is more exciting than just our case and winning our case was the precedent it set. And the fact there are towns and cities all over the country that have either, one, allowed other uh, groups to fly Christian flags or pro-life flags like they did in Billerica, Massachusetts, uh, for two weeks uh, back in October. Or uh, some cities and towns have said, you know what, we don't want to get any law potential lawsuits, so the only thing we're going to be flying will be the uh, U.S. flag, the state flag, county flag, and maybe POW, MIA flag. And I did think you, that's uh, that's great too. Did you get to fly your flag? What date was that? What date did you fly? Or did you? Or did yes, they early, yes, they gave us a one-time uh, variance. Uh, we flew the flag was August of uh, last year. Okay. And okay. early August, we had a beautiful ceremony. Two of our campers, the sons of Professor Willie Soon, one of our instructors, um, they they we we uh, we we raised the flag to Amazing Grace. We had a Christian recording artist, Ben Lane, who's a, a local guy, but he's known, you know, in Christian music circles. Uh-huh. And uh, Willie, uh, Willie's sons, Benjamin and Franklin, what great names. Uh-huh. Uh, one one played the trumpet, one played the violin, Amazing Grace. So we had some great speakers. And then we had uh, one of our attorneys who, yeah, actually he used to live two doors down from my mother-in-law when he was a little boy, small uh-huh. world, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he, he sang uh, Battle Hymn of the Republic, and we ended it with God Bless America. A couple hundred uh-huh. people there, lots of me. It was a beautiful occasion. It was great. Well, that, that's that's great. Congratulations, and it's an encouragement to a lot of us. As long as uh, as a lot of our our folks fight, and and when somebody like you've been fighting and wins, it's uh, it's. I think a lot of people are gratified uh, even more than they are just on the issue. So, Hal Shirtlitz, our guest again. If you go to uh, campconstitution.net, you can find out more about the camp next uh, summer um, in July. Uh, Hal, um, a question about education. You know, when you. As long as you've been doing this and teaching about the Constitution, I don't want to be like, a, again, like an old man sitting on my front porch, you know, <laughs> yelling at the yelling at the kids coming by. But but it, but it's it's 
it feels like it's gotten worse, right, for the public. And so when people say, as you and I were talking off the air, oh, look, at the voters decided this or decided that and said this in state and that state and all, you know, votes. Sometimes you want to say to yourself, well, if, you know, Planned Parenthood spends uh, and, and the pro-abortion spend 50, 60 million dollars in Ohio, they're, they're going to get people to vote. And they're going to persuade them because they don't know better. I know, I don't, yeah, I'm not being yeah. dismissive, but on the Constitution, how bad is our constitutional literacy? Well, as I mentioned before uh, on different shows, uh, we do outreach where we have a little 10 question quiz. And you can find that quiz on our website, the download section. Right. And uh, one of the questions is which amendment reads from each according to his uh, abilities <laughs> to each according to his needs. And most people will think, hmm, what amendment is that? So there's a lot of constitution, even among conservatives, you ask them, and you don't have to be a constitutional scholar to pick up the con and read it. Right. You know, and there's a few archaic words, you know, and they say, okay, what is that? What did it mean in 1787? And I usually f figure that out. You know, the word well, or the term well regulated doesn't mean that there's a bunch of bureaucrats passing laws. It means that you know how to, uh, if you're a militia, well regulated means that it's disciplined and trained. That's what right. that means. It doesn't right. mean there's a bunch of bureaucrats behind the scenes uh, telling you can't do things. Um, and so, uh, but I think when people are ashamed, into it. And I, I you know, I, I'm not a constitutional scholar myself, um, but you don't have to be. And I'll tell people, look, you give me a science test. I'm probably going to do pretty badly. But I think when it comes to the Constitution, every single American has an obligation and is a duty to understand it, to have a working knowledge of it. Mm -hmm. Al, is the um, is is when when you get these students at the camp um, and, and and as I should tell people, it's not like the camp is a, a study camp only. It's a lot of fun and a lot of stuff oh, yes. and a lot oh, of yes. we have a, a lot of uh, yeah, a yeah. lot of, a lot of things going on. Um, but when you get them it, again, is it is it markedly different from years ago? I mean, is it or is our kids our kids the same? And in some ways, is it, you're when you're reaching these kids, they're they're um, where they are. Uh, you know, you're doing the same thing you've done for years. I'd like to think that it's better. I can uh -huh. remember in the 90s, you know, uh, when I was right from another, it was another camp program, but it was somewhat similar. Right. Uh, and I'm thinking, I think the, of course, we have a lot of homeschoolers too. So that, cha that changes the dynamics. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, they, uh, it was interesting to question some of the youngsters. We had Vivek Ramaswamy speak at camp. Now, we don't endorse any candidates. We just wanted to have a candidate. We've, we've outreached out to candidates in the past. Yep. And one of the youngsters, and I said, uh, the Q&A session, just young people, no adults, just the, the, the campers. Right. And one young man from Queens, New York, gets up there and he says, uh, what's the purpose of government? Huh. And Vivek kind of gave a, you know, kind of a long-winded answer. He didn't give the answer we were looking for, which is it's very simple, to protect God-given rights. And that was, you know, here's this guy, he's 15, 16 years old, right. and he's stumping uh, Vivek. And I'm sure <laughs> he would stump any other candidate because they wouldn't be, well, it's to do this. No, it's to uphold the Constitution. And as president, I have specific duties mentioned right. in the Constitution. Right. And they are the following. And everything else is beyond my scope, you know? Yeah. Um, Hal Shirtliff is our guest. He's the founder and the director of uh, Camp Constitution, campconstitution.net. You know, uh, um, Hal, I, I think I've told you, I, I represent some of the January 6th defendants. I'm on the board of an organization that helps a, a whole bunch of the, the defendants and their families, the Patriot Freedom Project. And it's, it's as an, as a lawyer and as a American, it's, it's deeply, deeply discouraging and, and profoundly worrying that our, um, judicial system 
our legal system is being used the way it is against people. President Trump's an example, but lots of others. <clears throat> and I tell people all the time how that it's um, the crown jewel of America is our Constitution and the rule of law and the founding values. It's not the piece of paper with the words. It's the values that go with the Constitution and the rule of law right. that make it so that people will be honorable and honest and will. And th- this is being assaulted by this lawfare movement in a way that's not just bad for Trump or January 6th defendants or Rudy or uh, Professor Eastman, but for all of us, because if we lose this crown jewel, it's really the difference maker for us. The Constitution, the rule of law, and our founding values. You lose that, everybody's, you know, you're just, you're just kind of figuring out a way to use power on power. No, that's correct. And it's, uh, it's so blatant. And I think there's some people, even on the, on the liberal side, that are fair-minded and say, you know, uh, putting a, a lady because she took a selfie in, in the Capitol uh, building yeah. on January 6th in jail for two or three years Meanwhile, others have assaulted the White House. They've even assaulted the Capitol. And it's not even an issue. It's the, they do, and they use this ridiculous term, insurrection. It's amazing yeah. how so many people that comes off their lips so easily. I said, well, how many people were charged with insurrection? That's and right. the answer would be zero. Zero. That's but they still use the term, you right. know. Well, and, and as I say, Hal, we can make a joke. You know, if Hal Shirtliff and Ed Martin had a picnic and we said to everybody at the picnic, you know, we're going to have an insurrection. There's not one of our friends that would come to an insurrection with, without an arm, without God. the idea of taking over the Capitol and taking over America with horns and, 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 you know, and hats. It's just silly. I mean, but, but I'll tell you the power, as you know, the power of language is, uh, is a very, very, uh, under misunderstood power in terms of shaping what's going on. And that's a lot of why people are allowing, uh, this to continue. How unfortunately you and I filibustered, or maybe it was me. And we're out of time. So I've got to go. Uh, Hal Shirtloff, everybody, I will put up on social media, campconstitution.net. Hal Shirtloff is the director and co-founder of Camp Constitution. The camp is next summer in July. You should apply now. Make sure you get a spot for your children uh, or yourself if you're a young enough listener. And uh, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Haven't talked to John Schlafly in a while. John Schlafly, of course, is one of the uh, senior officials, senior uh, leaders of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and the various organizations. He worked with his mother, the late Phyllis Schlafly, for decades and decades uh, with her on her writings, on her um, many uh, political endeavors. And he also has continued her work, her weekly column. Uh, the Schlafly Report is done by John and Andy Schlafly. Appears over at townhall.com as well as available at phyllisschlafly.com. Uh, Dems despair as Trump surges. Well, John, I always catch you on this, or I don't always, but I say, okay, the column posted on Tuesday, but the media on Wednesday morning wanted to tell us, oh my gosh, uh, you know, the the governor of Kentucky, a Democrat, won re-election, and uh, and Youngkin in Virginia couldn't pull it off, and uh, so they wanted to muddy the waters. I, I don't see it that way. I see what your column says, which is uh, Biden is is tanking, and the Democrats don't know what to do. Well, the these. These new polls came out Sunday, and the, all the media spent Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday wailing, weeping, and gnashing of teeth about the results of these polls, which were devastating to Biden in many different ways. And the idea that Trump is actually winning in the key states, I mean, this is regarded as a threat to democracy and all of that stuff. So they don't know what to do. Uh, they'd like to have Biden step down and be replaced by somebody, but there's no clear successor. And 
who could, and so they're just in a dilemma. And so we talked about that. Um, it's remarkable that with all of the legal assault against Trump, he's standing tall still to this day. Now, admittedly, it's election is going to be close no matter what happens. Right. Uh, either side is probably just going to edge ahead by a few votes in a few states. And that's reality hasn't really changed. And yeah. we have to take account of what happened in Tuesday's elections. Uh, Trump wasn't on the ballot, uh, but more important, he wasn't there defining the issues. Right. And instead, right. there was a tremendous assault, a well-financed multi-million dollar uh, campaign in each of those states uh, to hone in on getting out the loosely connected Democratic-leaning vote in those states focusing on the abortion issue. And, you know, that as a financial investment, you have to say the money talks and that's uh, that's what I'd attribute those results to. It's yeah. the fact of uh, money. Uh, John, the money I, I, was I, I, 10 I, times as much. Oh, I, yeah, I want to I want to come back to that. You could. Yeah, you could be the best messenger in the world, have great messaging. If you're outspent 10 to one, I mean, it, <laughs> the, the other side doesn't have to be right uh, only one time. And, and, and they can be pounding a message 10 to one. But, John, I want to go back to something else. Uh, your mother was famous for um, many things, but maybe one of one of her earliest um, uh, of her in her career was the book "A Choice, Not an Echo," in which people that don't know that book and people that do know what I'm about to say, but they "A Choice, Not an Echo" was a reference to the fact that the the kingmakers had kept choosing losers, and uh, and they were echoes of the past. These sort of echoes you can it's easy to do in the modern era. They get a guy like McCain and Romney and all these echoes of the past. No one gets energized. No one gets motivated. And well, but, what, well what, what, echoes echoes of the Democratic Party. So that there were there were the people who believe. In a bipartisan foreign policy. Okay, fair. That's and, better. That's better. And, and that's, uh, that's when Phyllis said, "No, we have two parties, and we need to have an alternative, a choice on the issues that Americans care about, starting with the foreign policy issues." And that's what, and that's what and that's what I want to that's what I want to say to you. That's what I want to ask you is um, this in this elect coming election. It, you know, even last night or yeah, last night, the debate the, the, these dopes are talking about cutting Medicare, cutting Social Security, Republicans. And, and happily, the media covered it and said Trump has always said he would never do that. But similarly, almost every candidate is talking about wars. We've got to fight wars. We've got to engage and all. And and Trump is this candidate of non-intervention is the old phrase you'd use it. But it's a pretty stark comparison. And and the other part of this, John, you mentioned uh, after all the indictments of Donald Trump, um, um, I think people uh, Martin Scarelli was interviewed by Tucker Carlson. I don't know if you saw it, but it, it's extraordinary interview. And, and this young man who served jail time for running a big business, a pharma business, and basically being the way it's described, targeted by the DOJ and Hillary Clinton and all. But he basically said one of the reasons Trump is well liked in prison is because a lot of people look up and go, they're they're targeting him like they targeted a lot of Americans. And I, there's a dynamic going on here where the only one on the public stage who has these positions is Trump. He's the only one in either party that's against the wars. He's the only one in either party who's saying the game is rigged because if you're Biden, the game is rigged and your son is a multimillionaire and your brother's a multimillionaire and your sister's a multimillionaire. And if you're a, a Mitch McConnell, your wife is a multibillionaire. And so the public looks up and says, that guy is more like me. Yes. And Trump, of course, he's the only person who went into politics and ended up 
worse off financially. I mean, the cost to the Trump family for Trump running as president and serving as president is, has to be ranked in the tens of millions of dollars. And imagine the cost of defending these lawsuits he's doing. And yet, his, you know, his rivals and primarily the Biden family, you know, they become multimillionaires as a result of their service in office. So there's a that's a kind of uh, corruption that I think will eventually reach many Americans. And, and uh, you know, Trump is a really a public spirited person. He's certainly not doing this for his own financial benefit because there is no financial benefit to himself. It's cost him. Uh, and I think, you know, everyone agrees that if Trump were not running for re-election. This I mean, yeah, this all these yeah. all these indictments and uh, and lawsuits and things, they'd go away. They'd go away. Yeah. And uh, so it's clear they're being brought for political reasons against Trump. And that's uh, a complete abuse and perversion of our justice system that that is taking place. John, um, the again, you 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 observed your mother at certain points in her life, late philosophically, being very prominent publicly. And I imagine I've never really thought to ask you about it. I didn't ask her, I don't think, about you know public safety concerns that you would have had at certain points in history. Um, but you watch like the the current intensity of the public. Discussions. So what made me think of that was uh, Catherine Engelbrecht is uh, going through one of the lawfare things and she was asking, I was encouraging her by text and I remembered that the late Phyllis Schlafly used to say a prayer uh, before she would go into these arguments and then debates and it was uh, from the malignant enemy defend me was the phrase she used and she said in one of the debates uh, one of her opponents said I'd like to burn you at the stake and Phyllis would laugh about it as she told the story um, but we're watching the intensity of the the public discourse on one side, Hillary Clinton called Trump in the last 48 hours Hitler specifically. And as you and I both know, if someone is Hitler, if you think someone's Hitler, you are morally obliged to stop Hitler. That's the, the we've gone past this. How worried are you, John, uh, about Trump's safety, RFK Jr.'s safety, the, the uh, people's safety when somebody like Hillary Clinton can use language like that? Well, it, it is. You're, you're right. It is a concern. And uh, Trump, as a former president, does have Secret Service protection. Although, you know, Ed, you and I have uh, been at events and it's very light protection, it seems right. to me. It is not. He really needs more protection than he has. Yep. And Trump and R.K. Jr. doesn't have any. He's mm -hmm. asked for it. But it's, it's incredible. Apparently, the President Biden has the authority to either grant it or or deny it, and he's denied it. So uh, he's at risk, and a lot of people are at, are at risk from physical violence in our society today. It's a concern. It, it Phyllis is. Lafley yeah. was, uh, you know, when she was at most risk, it really was quite a few years ago, and uh, at one point uh, in the 1980s, uh, some creeped, uh, shoved a pie in her face, and that was she was slightly injured by that, but uh, she it was it was a concern. Different, and, and it was a different was a, era. And it was, was a different. Was, there was a popular TV show that had a that uh, depicted Phyllis with a as being the victim of an assault, and that was uh, considered as somebody who might want to engage in a copycat attack. Hmm. Oh, so we were very very concerned about stuff like that years ago. Well, we still face it now with others. 
Well, you know, and, and my point, John, is uh, John Schlafly's our guest. I'm up against the deadline, so we got to go. But it is that um, the rhetoric's gone so bad and it's not confronted. I mean, when when Hillary Clinton, former secretary of state, former U.S. senator, former first lady, former nominee for a party can say so and so is Hitler and not be challenged and not have it, de- you know, uh, unpacked. There's a lot of disagreements you can have with Donald Trump. I happen to not think he's that conservative or conservative enough for me. But uh, but the idea of calling him Hitler is an invitation for violence. And, and they know what they're doing and the media knows how they're doing it and it's um it is uh, beyond anything we've ever seen so we've got to run john schlafly everybody read his column over at phyllisschlafly.com archived there uh, we'll take a break and be right back ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment this is the phyllis schlafly report a daily broadcast launched by phyllis schlafly who served as an articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Upholding that legacy and himself an author, national speaker, and attorney, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The Democrat takeover of Michigan in the last election is yielding more harmful consequences. The Detroit-based United Auto Workers Union, the UAW, has a new far-left anti-Trump president who was elected by fewer than 500 votes in a runoff after losing on the first ballot. This new UAW president, Sean Fain, unleashed a first-ever strike against all three Michigan automakers. While denying that he's wrecking the economy, Fain declared that the truth is we are going to wreck the billionaire economy. And he promised economic and social justice at the big three. Fain's initial demands on the Detroit three would have doubled their labor expenses, which are already far higher than at Tesla and other auto manufacturers. About half of the cars sold in the U.S. are assembled at foreign-owned plants whose American workers have consistently rejected the UAW's attempts to organize and represent them. Impervious to this, Fain warned prior to calling the strike that either you stand for a billionaire class where everybody else gets left behind or you stand for the working class. The working class people vote. Yet it is not the billionaire class that's choking off growth in auto workers' wages, but the war against the traditional car that's being waged by liberals in California and in the Biden administration. California has banned sales of Detroit's traditional cars beginning in 2035, and California recently also sued the oil-producing companies on which cheap gasoline depends. But the sands of political affiliation are ever-shifting, and Democrats need to start understanding that their identity politics narrative will come back to haunt them if they aren't careful. Choosing between the interests of the climate hysteria contingent and the union workers certainly isn't in the interests of the Democrat Party. Yet these are the consequences of building your worldview on a spectrum of oppression. The real solution is not to put climate interests first or unions first, but rather to put America first. That's the shortest path to prosperity for all, and especially for auto workers whose jobs have been threatened by overseas interests. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. When it comes to international trade, other countries have long been taking advantage of the American people and our generous spirit. At phyllisschlafly.com, we've got strategies to balance trade and protect the interests of American companies, resources, and citizens. For more, go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in a Pro America Report. Hey, let's catch up on something. I, I don't know what to make of it. It feels like progress, uh, but I also don't trust it right now. But uh, welcome back to the Pro America Report. And that is this uh, topic. Um, last week, just around the time uh, that the FBI headquarters was a topic uh, for vote in the House, meaning that they had to appropriate the money. Um, they broke the news that there is a prostitution ring being operated, I think, in maybe in Massachusetts and also in uh, northern Virginia, and that it was uh, occupied, uh, it was peopled uh, by elected officials. Now, let me explain something to you. For every elected official that may be using uh, a, a, a prostitution ring, you have to figure some number of senior staffer, s- senior staffers and or bureaucrats would be doing the same thing. In other words, th- there's 435 members of Congress, 500 senators. So there's 535 people that are elected in office, but there's thousands of people around them that work in the Capitol. There's tens of thousands, really hundreds of thousands of bureaucrats that work and all of them have power. I mean, all those people have power, different levels of power. If you're the guy who does the scheduling for a congressman, a house member, that's a little bit of power. But if you're the general counsel to a U.S. senator or to a committee, you, you got more power. And if you're a, 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 um, um, a bureaucrat in one of these entities that has the ability to, I don't know, publish reports or uh, reveal data, you, you got power. So there's a Wall Street Journal article that is in, in very detailed about the FDIC, the banking regulator. And there are thousands and thousands of employees there. And it's all about how there's a, a culture of uh, of abuse, it looks like, of uh, perhaps uh, male. I mean, it's all anonymous. So how much of it you can believe on its face? I don't know. But there is an FDIC. If you can believe this, there's an FDIC, Federal uh, Deposit. And uh, let me get the phrase right. I, this is one of these ones that someone brought up the other day, um, a, a, an acronym. And uh, we were working through it. Federal Deposit and Insurance Commission. Why can't I find it? That's terrible. Uh, and uh, the FDIC, though, with hundreds and hundreds of uh, hundreds and hundreds of um, uh, employees uh, uh, at all levels and uh, uh, specifically Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. But what I was going to say is hundreds and hundreds of people who stay at a hotel. They call it the FDIC Hotel. It's an 11 story building outside of Washington, D.C. in northern Virginia. And it's a place where all the out of town employees, when they come in for training, they go there. So hundreds of people and it turns into a party hub. That's what they call it in the Wall Street Journal. And so you go through through this piece. And you realize, holy cow, that looks like a lot of corruption. That looks like a lot of, uh, uh, well, say it this way. Maybe it's not illegal. It's certainly not very nice. It's certainly not very effective. It's certainly not what you would expect. If you're working on the public trust, you know, you're you're taking tax dollars for your pay. And then the FDIC is one of these uh, uh, sort of uh, quasi governmental uh, organizations. Some parts of it are are uh, running outside of the government control, which is not a uh, not a good thing. I mean, one of the things that they say is that the FDIC doesn't get public funds. It's not tax dollars. Well, it's not tax dollars, but it's fees and uh, dues that are um, uh, taken from the banking system. Uh, and so, you know, it's like money's fungible. If you didn't take this money. Money from the banks or it was fines and other things. You could use the money for other stuff if you didn't have these people to pay. But the point is, the point is um, that um, the uh, FDIC sure sounds really like a mess. 
And all the details, which are the ones that catch your eye, 11 story uh, hotel, uh, the parties that they sponsor, all this kind of stuff. But the reality is it's not limited to one department, right? I wouldn't think. Again, the size and scope of government in America, it's in, in, in Washington, D.C., the size and scope of the federal government has, has grown so exponentially larger than it was even 30 years ago, but certainly 50 years ago or 100 years ago. And so there's more decisions made that impact people's livelihood and their prosperity. Um, even the decision, the decision to put the FBI building, you know who decided that? It's a woman from Missouri, Robin Carnahan. She's from the Carnahan family. The, the family received $109 million in wind subsidies back in the first Obama stimulus. She was the secretary of state elected by the Soros Project. This is Robin Carnahan, who's the current head of the GSA. The GSA is the one that runs all the buildings in uh, in um in the country, federal buildings is a huge job. General Services Administration is the, is the, and they also pick where you go and build a building, FBI headquarters, that's bigger than the, the Pentagon. And it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And, and everybody said it should be in Virginia. She overruled them, put it in Maryland. Why politics? Of course. But here's my point. The people making these decisions, Robin Carnahan, full on, full on partisan Democrat. Not even close, not like a thoughtful, serious, no, a, a total, total uh, political ideologue in every way. And she's got all that power and it's huge power. That's my point. My point is the power of the swamp over the lives and prosperity. It's not just if you can get the Chinese to send you a billion dollars like Hunter and his buddies did or that you can get the former mayor of Moscow to send you millions of dollars as Hunter did, or, you know, Joe Biden's brother getting lots of money. It's not just that. It's also you put your people in the key positions to not just help you out, but to transform the economy of the place in Maryland where they put the FBI building. Yeah, sure. And on and on and on. So what I'm wondering, though, is the coverage of the Wall Street Journal, the FBI putting out this brothel list uh, uh, and all these things are, are do they realize do they realize that they're helping to underscore that the swamp's out of control? Because it is. And drain the swamp. Very powerful in 2016 for Donald Trump. He used it. That phrase might be more powerful now than anything else. All right. We got to take it. We got to run. We got to run. Thank you to Mason Mohan. Ryan Height, our producers will be back. Tomorrow, it's Ed Martin here on the ProMark Report. Talk to you then. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.